What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. You know, they said that bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. But don't let him trick you enough that you become a murderess on our list. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. All right. So our players this week are Michael Berry, a.k.a. Big Dino, Felicia's pimp and accomplice, Amisha Irvin, her accomplice, Claudel Christmas, victim, Raymond Goodwin, victim, Lemetrius Twitty, victim, Letty Blakely, Felicia's mom, and Felicia Blakely, our murderess. Felicia Blakely was born in 1983 to her mother, Letty Blakely. Now, I did see, I will say that on For My Man, they said Betty, but everywhere else I saw was Letty, so I'm going with Letty, okay? She was born in Jacksonville, Florida, and you know how they are down in Jacksonville, down in Duval. Um, and she didn't really know her father that much. Her father was actually in and out of jail because he was you know, selling dope, selling heroin, doing all that kind of stuff. Now, she bounced back and forth between her mother and her grandmother, but she really spent like spending a lot of time with her grandma because her mom was digmatized, for lack of a better word, and was drinking all the time. So if it wasn't about her man or her bottle, she really didn't care. Growing up, her mom would tell her that she was so beautiful and she got into like one of those little modeling troops. And, you know, Felicia was a pretty girl. She had a nice figure, all that type of thing. She was running track and Felicia was like holding records for a time in Jacksonville. And she would come home with like her medal that like, I just set the new record for the 100 meter or whatever. And nobody's here to celebrate. Nobody was at the meet. I guess I'll call my grandma and see what she's doing because ain't no food at the house. Ain't nothing at the house. There's nothing to do. For a while, she was living with her grandma. Now, when she was living with her grandmother, her mom's sister was also there. And their baby daddy was there. The baby daddy, his name was Ray. And Ray was supposed to be taking them to school. Well, one day, Felicia is laying down at the house in the bedroom. And she like, you know how you can feel somebody's presence, even if you can't see them? So yeah. she, like, felt that there was somebody there. She kind of was like, mm, I must be tripping. And then next thing you know, she falls back asleep. She wakes up again. And her uncle Ray, but not really her uncle because it's just her aunt's baby daddy. Her aunt's baby daddy is down between her legs. She looks down and this happens. And in the book, it describes her as, like, Honestly, remembering it as an enjoyable experience, not even taking in the gravity of everything that is happening, right? But Ray, this was not something that went on for a short amount of time. Like, she's young, 
And so obviously she thinks that this is love, right? Like, because he's taking her to school. He's telling her like all the ways to make sure that he is taken care of. She had a boyfriend at the time. And in the book, just like, I had a boyfriend, but then it was like, oh shit. Like if I'm making a man do this, like I must, she's at 15 talking about, I must have some good ass pussy, not even realizing like this shit is fucked up and you shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, all of those things. And this whole time, like, Felicia's an only child, so there's nobody. She's going through this by herself. It's not like she has a sibling to talk to or to confide in. Her family, even the cousins, she wasn't really that, that close with. And she, it was crazy. Like, he was having her prepare his meals. He was having her um, make sure that things were together when, when he was, when she was at home. He was basically grooming her. That's what it was. He was grooming her. And... She really didn't know. So around 15, 16 years old, Letty, Felicia's mama, she goes to Atlanta because she got this job promotion. So she's about to go to Atlanta and things are going to be great. However, Felicia is telling her booze. She's decided that she wants to go to Atlanta too. So she tells her little flings or whatever that she's about to go to Atlanta because she has a job promotion and she has all these great opportunities in Atlanta. And they're like, oh, damn, baby, that's great. That's because all the people that she was messing around with thought that she was 21 years old and she was 15, 16. She kind of describes her life as like seeing men as either they just want to have sex with you or they want to take care of you. And you're always trying to find the people that are going to take care of you. I heard this story, Tazzy, about there was a man. She was messing with a dude. And this man was married when she was like 15, 16. But he thought that she was 21. And he had a wife. And he was like in the process of convincing his wife to let her be at this house and be like his concubine. But then they found out her real age and was like, no, you have to like get, to, you have to get out. Like, what are you talking? You're a teenager. That's crazy. It's crazy. And so she's, put, and she's it's really a two sided daring... coin, right? Because you know how many niggas get fucked up off of not knowing how old the girl really is? Like, I think, I think it's definitely predatory to seek out a girl or even not even if you don't seek out be like well she looked grown and that's enough and you know she's underage but for a girl to come to you and she is really 16 but she's saying that she's 20 and, and the way she does her makeup she might actually pass for 20 and now niggas got a petty detective you know i just feel like it's never worth lying about your age mm -hmm. like it the people that are going to do the right thing know that like i've been in situations and they would be like, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm 15. And they're like, like, okay, oh, great. And they it. go, right, and they go the other way. But when you don't have food at home and you want to survive and these people are taking care of you and the only example of how to get taken care of is your mom that's also going from man to man to make sure that she has her lights on. This is what you taught that love is, right? Her mama moves to Atlanta. Felicia then gets on a plane and arrives in Atlanta and she kind of steps off the plane at ATL and is like, okay, we in Atlanta. They was in an apartment over there by Greenbrier. So, you know what they was in? <laughs> they was in Atlanta, Atlanta. <laughs> and they were waiting for her like school, um, you know, the school paperwork to come so that she could enroll in high school. And she was like, well, I'm going to find a job while I'm doing that. She's like, no, you don't need to get a job. Her mom's like, you don't need a job. You just need to focus on school. She's like, well, no, I need to go get a job. And like quick, fast, and in a hurry, she got a job at Taco Bell. 
So she was working at Taco Bell and she was going to school. And one night at Taco Bell pulls up this like Lincoln and she be seeing people come by because, you know, it's she she live over there by Greenbrier. The pimps was out. OK, especially during this time. This what, 99, 2000? The pimps was out. So Lincoln pulls up and this uh, this man, this dude, his name is L.A. And he got a girl with him. And the girl is Mrs. L.A. And the girl's like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at her, daddy. She's so cute. Da, 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 da. And so he gives, and Felicia's like, okay, like, I see you. Like, maybe she's a stripper. I don't really know. And Mr. L.A. gives her a call. And is like, if you need anything whatsoever, if you're trying to make some money, let me know. And she's like, make some money. And then the girl is like, make more money than your check is worth in a day. And so Felicia's like, word. And so they all start hanging out. Then they start uh, going to the club together. Everybody know him. Everybody know her. So it's easy for Felicia to get into the club. They go to this club, Bernie Sands, and they, <laughs> shit, Miss L.A., that was her name, was getting up on the stage dancing. She was making her money. And she was like, Felicia, you want to learn how to do that? And Felicia's like, I mean, I can kind of like, I can throw my ass a little bit, but I can't really dance like that. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be a good dancer. She's like, it's okay, girl. I'm going to teach you how to dance, which no twerk lesson has ever helped me. But... Miss L.A. I'm telling you. Taught. God knew what he was doing because. <laughs> I got all this wagon for nothing. I got all this wagon to look good because I showed on moving. Let me tell you. But what I learned, y'all better call for help. Oh, oh friend. We're pa- we we passed that age, girl. Our knees bad. Your ankles hurt. Oh, I just wish I could return to the 90s and go to Freak Me. I know. Instead of being six years old. Right. Just let me travel back, get one good, maybe two good parties in. Because I even, you know, they tried to bring Freak Neat back a couple of years ago. And I didn't go, but I feel like it just wasn't hitting the same as original Freak Neat was. I don't think it ever could. It's never going to. It's right. never you know what I mean? To. Like, it will never be yeah. what it ever was. She said, your ankles hurt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not too much. So Felicia started stripping because she started at the amateur night. She realized that money was good. And she started stripping as 24-year-old unique. And she even used that fake ID to get the permit that you need to actually legally dance. After a short amount of time, she meets one of the DJs at the club. And she's 16 at the time. She's in love like crazy, but this is a grown man. So he knows what the game is with her. He, you know, staying at one of the little hotel motels. She'd come over. They would have sex all the time. And he would take her to the club. One day, her mom, one day she comes home and her mom finds a flyer on the floor. She finds a flyer. She picks up the flyer. She looks at the flyer. It's for the strip club. Got to be more careful. On the, f- on the front of the flyer is a picture of Felicia's half-naked body. You know, I'd be hot. Oh, my goodness. I would not live to see the next day. Because it's one thing if you grown, but my teenage child, mm-mm. Half-naked on this flyer hot. that is going around this Atlanta? Hot. What? And Felicia, straight up, was like, I'm 16 years old. I'm getting this money on my own. I'm doing pretty well because look at all the things that I've been able to purchase myself. 
I'm not going to stop doing this. And legally in the state of Georgia, I'm grown, which is wrong. And her mama probably should have looked up that law because her mom was like, she told me she was grown because she was 16 and we was in Georgia. She is at the age of consent, but she's not grown. Um, ignorance is no defense. So you should just look that up. Yeah. I guess Google was brand new then. After that, she leaves the house and she tells her man, Mr. DJ, she goes to her man. She's like, Mr. DJ, he's like, it's OK, baby, because I got this hotel motel holiday in and you can stay here or whatever you want. She's staying there. They're having sex constantly. And a few months go by and she realizes, oh, my goodness, she's pregnant. And as soon as she tells him and they're, they're like cuddling, having cuddle pillow talk. She tells him that she's pregnant and he's like, nope. I don't want to talk no more. Then Felicia has, she's pregnant and the baby daddy has clearly said that he wants absolutely nothing to do with her or the child. So she gets her things and she goes back to her mama's house. I also read that they got pretty close after she returned to her mama's house. And I think it was just because, A, like, okay, my kid is back home. I'm not a horrible parent. And then, like, oh, my goodness, they're pregnant. And apparently they had a conversation where her mom suggested that she, you know, terminated her pregnancy. But she didn't want to do that. She was like, I don't know. I just feel this life inside of me. And that's a lot for 16. Like, I don't know. I haven't been pregnant yet, so I can't tell you what I would do. But <sighs> Calm down, friend. You got to breathe like that. Because I just can't imagine being 16 and pregnant. One, just having that conversation with my mama. Girl, my I don't want to break it. I don't want to have oh, it. Oh, God. And being faced with that decision at 16 of what's the best thing and battling your emotions and all of that. It's, you're right. It's a lot. I feel like if I was 16, I probably would have begged, borrowed, and stealed to um, get the money for an abortion without my mama knowing. Yeah. I feel I, I, I feel like that's what I would have done. I feel like I don't that would have been my best it, case but... scenario is to make that a secret and keep it pushing. So... Felicia's working at the club. She's making her money. She's feeling like she is that girl. She's dressing different. She is wearing grown-ass outfits. And it's not just outside of school. She's wearing them inside of school, too. And so she's thinking to herself, and she was like, you know what? I'm obviously way more mature than these other girls at school. I'm on a different level than all of these girls over here. Like, I don't need this, and I'm not going to do it. And so she comes up with a plan, and she's like, I'm just going to finish school online. I got my computer. What else do I need? So she walks into class. She's got on these six-inch spiked heels, very, very, very grown, okay? And she sits down at her usual seat, and then... Like, class starts, and she decides, this this here is the moment where I'm officially done. She gets up, and she puts her math book on her teacher's desk, and she walks out the room. And her teacher comes behind her, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am, where are you going? She's like, yeah, so I'm not going to do school here anymore. I'm smart enough to finish online, and that's what I'm going to do. So I don't need this here book, because I'm unenrolling myself. And her teacher is like, her teacher, Mrs. Young, that's her name. Mrs. Young is like, does your mom know what you're doing? And she says, I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't even understand why you are here talking to me. You got a whole classroom full of kids you need to watch after. Don't worry about me. Worry about them. And she's like, while I do have a classroom, you can finish school. And she says, I'm done. And so her teacher is just like, listen, I'm just going to be direct with you. What concerns me is you were once motivated. You were doing all of your assignments. You were coming to class. You were running track. You were getting outstanding grades. And then you just started missing school. You going once or twice a week. And now you're withdrawing altogether. 
And she's like, yes, I am. Quit bothering me. And she's just like, Felicia, is there something going on at home that you want to talk about? Like, you're really not carrying yourself like a teenager, like the other girls. I noticed that you wear heels that are only appropriate for a grown woman. And she cuts her teacher off and she's like, Miss Young, let me stop you right there. I have been wearing heels since I was 12 years old modeling in Florida. I was raised to believe that it's okay to be me. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to get down to the dean's office. And she's like, Felicia, listen. I am not trying to judge you. I just want you to understand that it's a dangerous world out there and some people can get the wrong impression of you or assume that you're older than you are. And I just want you to be careful. You're a beautiful girl and you can be whatever you want. Just don't forget that. You have so much to offer this world and you're smart. Just apply it. And Miss Young reaches in to hug her. And Felicia, she's so used to everybody telling her what to do, talking at her, not to her, that she was kind of thrown off by this genuine sincerity that's coming from Miss Young. So to her own surprise, even she hugs Miss Young back. Not a long hug, but a hug nonetheless. And... You know, it's like, I appreciate it, but I've made up my mind. So she goes down to the dean's office. She's like, hey, I'm unrolling myself. What do we got to do to get this started? And the dean is like, listen, I don't think that you should do this. You're so smart. What would your mother think? And she was like, everybody worried about my goddamn mama, and I don't understand why. While she's in there, he goes ahead and calls her mama on speakerphone. And he was like, hey... Just wanted to let you know Felicia is in here unenrolling herself from school. And her mom was like, what the hell you mean she unrolling herself from school? I ain't sign off of that. I ain't give her permission to do that. And he was like, well, unfortunately, there's nothing that we can do about it because according to the law in the state of Georgia, a student can withdraw herself from school legally. And her mom was like, that's a bunch of BS. And she's like, she, she getting mighty loud on this phone. She's like, I tell you what, I'm going to call the police on her ass. And Felicia's like, the police? You supposed to be my mama and you trying to send me to jail? That's what we doing now? She said they said she filed for um she tried to file for her to be an unruly child. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Felicia was like, at this point, I've lost even more respect for you. You already showed yourself as a weak woman, and now you're gonna turn against me, your daughter, and try and send me to jail. And she was like, I really ain't got much else to say to you. And she gets up and she walks away. So that was the last time she attended school. Her mama couldn't do nothing to save her. It was out of her hands. Of course, to support herself, Felicia is still working at the club. And one of these nights, she meets Mr. Michael Berry, a.k.a. Big Dino. Dino steps in with the FUBU, white Air Maxes, platinum chain, like, you know, 90s couture at this point. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, baby girl, let me buy a dance. Let me pay you for your time and we could chit-chat or whatever. So pull out this wad of money, and they sit and they talk for the rest of the night. And he is wrapping Felicia around his finger. He's smooth with it, okay? Uh, Michael is already known at the club scene. He's got the girls that work for him, and they know what's up when they see him. The club is where he does a lot of recruiting. This is basically his office, right? So now you have to remember that Dino is a much older man. He is four, he's got 14, 15 years on her. And at this time, she's like 16, 17, right? The, now, reports also say that he was a drug addict. But if you ask him, the only thing he's addicted to is money. But he was smoking weed. He was doing coke. And he was in and out of jail. I think a few of them were probation violations. Regardless, he... In and out of jail. You know, 
keep in mind throughout this time, Felicia is still pregnant. And he, he's doing his little stint in the jail. And he calling her, don't worry, baby. When I get out, I'm going to help you take care of her. He's sending a little money Period. from jail. He got his homeboys dropping Period. off gifts and jewelry and shit. Like, you know, she was like, damn, even when mama ran away, he's still taking care of me. You know, like she's really feeling this is love. And he gets out, you know, he's still keeping in touch with her or whatever. They start really feeling together. And so now he's starting to pick her up from the club and he counting her money. She's kind of like twisted in her head. Like, I mean, he's providing for me. He's giving me diapers for my baby, clothes for the both of us. Why shouldn't I give him some money when he asked for it? You know, it's a two-way street. Why wouldn't I take care of him the way he take care of me? And now he's like, you know, we about to have bigger and better me and you. We got to work as a team, you know? We're going to change our lives. All we got to do is stack this money and we're going to leave Atlanta and start a new life. We just need to get enough money. We just need to get enough money. So he was like, you know, I'm going to take care of everything. So I'm going to get my part and you get your part and I'm going to hold it together and we can just save it up. And she's just like, yeah, you know, of course, you're the man. You'll handle the money. Sure, sure, sure. So she's leaving the club and handing over her dollars to this man. And... After a while, he's like, listen, girl, we got plans, okay? How are we supposed to get up out of here when you only bring it home two, $300 a night? You're going to have to do at least 500 for us to get to where we got to go, you know? Everybody's got a minimum. Uh, quotas never turn out right. Not for the police, <laughs> not for the pimps and hoes. Right. They never turn out right. <laughs> All right, don't... <laughs> Let me catch up. <laughs> um... So he's like, listen, we're just going to have to do more. And you're going to have to figure out how to make more. She was like, well, Dino, what you want me to do? He was like, what if I have you help me out, right? So, you know, I manage these other girls and I help them manage their money. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in charge of a few girls and you can help me manage the girls. We can take more on, make it do what it do. She's like... Oh, okay. So I'm kind of like on your level. We like business partners, you know? He's like, yeah, baby, we like business partners. You know, we're going to run this shit together, take it over, right? So basically, she's top girl, you know? Like, she's running the other girls, pay up, give me the money. And at first, she's like, you say these girls are bringing in $500 a night, but they really look like they're bringing in the same 300 or whatever that I was bringing in. He was like, well, obviously, you can't fucking handle management. Do I need to teach you how to manage these girls? And he's, like, throwing liquor or whatever on her and sets her on fire. And he was like, you think you can handle this shit now? You think you can handle it now? And she's like, no, I'm sorry, Dino. I'm sorry. I can't handle it. So after scaring the shit out of her, she realizes she needs to stare the shit out of the girls to make sure they don't become her no more. So she goes, beats a little ass. Now these girls got money to pay up. And he was like, look. Looks like all of a sudden you learned how to be managerial type, okay? To make it even more official, he blesses Felicia with the necklace. And she was like, oh my God, nobody ever bought me a chain before. But this shit was like a real life chain with a lock on it. It was ugly. It was cheap, very possessive. But she was like, my man gave it to me. Y'all ever wore something right. ugly just because somebody gave it to you and you want to make them feel special or don't go with nothing? But they gave it to you. And so it's important yes, and it's when meaningful. I was young and dumb. You know, 
this chain makes Felicia feel special. She feels like she's hers, you know? Some could say that the chain and lock is a sign of ownership, but for her, maybe it means that they're locked in, you know? It's all about how you see things. And she saw it. It's a good thing. Now, Dino has her in charge of the girls. Everybody's got a minimum they've got to meet. And Felicia is in charge of making sure that everybody meets these minimums. And even she has minimums that she has to meet. And sometimes she has to go to the platinum room to get it done. And does she see any of this money, you might ask? No. And when she comes up short, her ass getting beat. And it really just makes me wonder, Dino, the fuck are you bringing to the table? Because where's the money? Where's the money? Because at first you was breakrolling me and buying me for the whole night. And now you telling me it's not enough. It's not enough. We need more money. We need more. I thought you was a boss-ass nigga. Where the fuck your checks at? The gifts you buying me. If I could have kept my money, I could have got it myself. Come on, somebody. Then this time comes and Dino has this plan. Baby, baby, listen, I done figured out a way for us to get some quick money fast. You in? You in? All right, let me tell you what the plan is, all right? You need to go down to Miami. I set this thing up. Y'all gonna go to this club. When y'all get down to Miami, you and your friend need to pick out the richest nigga in the room and watch him, and y'all need to take him home, and y'all need to rob his ass. And Felicia's like, rob his ass? I don't rob niggas. He was like, you about to. She was like, and what if he tries to hurt me? I'm going to give you this gun. I don't know how to shoot this shit. I'm going to teach you. <sighs> well, Dino, I guess you just have all the fucking answers. I do. Now, do you know who you're going to take to this club with you? And she was like, mm. He was like, this girl, I don't want none of your ghetto-ass friends, all right? She need to be cute. She need to be about her business. And she need to be ready to do whatever comes. You got somebody in mind? And so she was like, actually, I do. And she thinks of her friend, Amisha. So if you watch the movie, the movie is on Tubi. When Love Kills. It's so good, y'all. <laughs> y'all guess. Not in love just with guess. It. If you haven't, it was so good. I'm it, not going to lie. I enjoyed it. It's got a nice ghetto cast. It's got um, Tammy Roman as the mom. Lil Mama is playing Felicia. Uh... The nigga from the 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 dark skin nigga Gross from the uh, Tyler Perry Lars shows, Lance Gross. He's playing Dino. Mm -hmm. and, and then y'all, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather is in this bitch too. And Flo Floyd Mayweather is playing. They mark for tonight, so <clears throat> they're in the club, and they are sitting there and they're looking and be like, "How are we supposed to find the richest nigga in the room?" And Felicia's like, "Well, Dino said." These niggas going to be flashy. Like, the one you want to hit going to be boasting about his money. And in this movie, you see Floyd May that we have to talk about, this my club. Where the bottle's at? This my shit. Da -da -da -da. So she was like, oop, that's him. That's the nigga we need to be looking at. And they scoping him out for the night or whatever. And they're like, okay, we don't want to go up into his section or whatever because it's a lot of other girls over there. It's going to draw too much attention. We need to get him alone. And 
you know, per Dino's instructions, they should pretend like they together and take them home together so it don't seem like they don't know weird shit or whatever, right? So he walks by for whatever reason. Maybe he's going to the bathroom or whatever, but they finally catch him alone. They're like, hey, how you doing? You looking good? He was like, well, you looking even better. The next girl shows up. She was like, mm, now we was fighting over you and she got to you first. And he was like, not y'all won't fight me. And they was like, yeah, so what you trying to do? He was like, whatever the fuck y'all trying to do. Let's get it. They was like, well, let's go back to your place. And he was like, well, let's do it then. You know, this is a dream, right? Right. <laughs> Two. And I ain't even had to work for it. So it goes back to the crib. They was like, oh, we can't stay too long. We got to go make some money. And he was like, money? I got money? Shit. I can throw the dollars. And they was like, you ain't got no money. He was like, oh, I got some fucking money or whatever, right? So they do what they do. This is the perfect role for him. <laughs> they do it they do what they do the niggas like laid out in the bed and they was like okay we gotta get up out of here we need to rob this nigga and now according to the movie the money was in the safe which I'm confused but again this is a movie because he pulls out the money saying I got money and it's throwing dollars on the bed and the stack yeah, that he done. pulls out is hundreds. So did he pull it out, flash it, and then put it back in the safe? Because when she leaves, they're like, where's the money? And she was like, it's in the safe. And they was like, get it. She was like, I don't know the combination. Like, if you said this money was for the girls, then fucking pay them the money. Why the money back in the safe? Anywho, mm. they was like, we got to get out of here with whatever we can get out. Check his pockets. Check all of that shit. So they grab his chains, his watches, all of that. They putting it in their purse. They sneaking out. And he starts to wake up. He's like, what the fuck y'all doing? Y'all got my shit. And they was like, you need to go the fuck back to sleep. He was like, hell nah. Give me back my shit. Felicia pulls out that gun. Dino gamer pops two in the air. And the girls make a mad dash for it. Now they go, and Felicia is shook up. Girl, I ain't never shot no gun before. That shit was intense. We need to get back to Atlanta. Amisha's like, no, girl, that shit was lit. First of all, we just got off on that nigga chains. He had money, and you said we was going to be here for the whole weekend. She was like, listen, how much money you get? Maybe like 300 And she was like, okay, that with the chains or whatever, we can pawn it off. We probably got about 700 So that means I break you off a little something. I can bring back Dino 500 Nope. I think we've called it a day. We've been down here for two hours. I think we did all right. We're going to head back home because at this point, the gun is hot and I'm nervous. I'm not even home in my state. I'm nervous. Let's go. She goes back home and she was like, at the end of the day, it ain't bad. I've been out here for two hours and got $500. She goes back to Dino and she was like, look, I brought home $500 and I only worked for two hours. And she was like, aren't you proud? And he was like, if you made 502 hours, if you would have stayed the entire weekend, how much money you thought you would have bring back? At this point, I see you coming up short. What the fuck did we talk about? I told you to stay down there. And she was like, well, you know, shit went kind of haywire, and I got scared. He was like, do you need me to give you something to be afraid of? You need to be afraid of not giving me my fucking money. Fuck that nigga. Okay, now, Dino is... Felicia is saying that she was scared, you know, she had to fire her gun and all of that shit. And Dino is not the least bit concerned because the man didn't even die. Now, he was injured. And I think, I think, don't quote me, that they said he was paralyzed. But what does Dino care? You know what I mean? They were supposed to do the job and get out. This man is nothing to him, right? What is he addicted to? The money. Does your life matter in this addiction? No, it doesn't. And that's the problem. Nope. Streaming October 6th on Paramount+. Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. 
dead things buried in that land. But come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting fall sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart. As you can pretty much tell, Dino doesn't give a fuck about anything else but his money. And Felicia, yeah, he may love her, so he say. Yeah, that may be his number one, his main. She's the one that's supposed to keep everything in line, but she's out there doing all his dirty work. He say go rob somebody, she go and rob him. He say go uh, pretend to have sex with, with this person or go have sex with this person, name a price and take their entire wallet on your way out. She goes and does it no matter what. One day, it's August 15th, and Dino lets her know, yo, go get Amisha. I know that there's a party going on. I'm going to make sure that y'all go to that party, and I want to make sure that y'all rob them. And these are some high-dollar people, okay? And I want you to run game on them. I want them to feel comfortable, and I want all their money. Don't walk out of that party until you have $5,000 at least. It's just like $5,000. He said at least. So the girls go to the party. And inside is Claudel Christmas and Raymond Goodwin. Now, they know these guys from, like, around the way. Like, they know them. And Claudel, he's, like, 35. Raymond, he's, like, 34. And, like, these guys, they don't have the cleanest background. Like, Claudel, he was at one point considered one of Georgia's most wanted because in 98, he kidnapped a woman at gunpoint over there in Lilburn. Then, like, there was some police informant. The police informant ratted on him. And then when he was found, he had, like, $100,000 worth of cocaine on him as well. So, in and out of jail. And Raymond, Raymond, I didn't find a whole bunch on his background, but he was a convicted felon. And one time he went back in because he had a concealed weapon and it was back out. So, they go to the party and they're having a good time. They're like, oh, how you doing? They're like, yeah, you know, whatever you want. We got the weed. We got the coke. Whatever you need, ladies. Y'all have y'all have yourselves a good time. And they're like, you know, to have a good time, all we want is you. You know, running game on them. And the guys are, you know, they enjoying the flirtatious vibes between the ladies. And next thing you know, Felicia's like, all right. Kind of leans in Claudel's ear and she's like, I want to. She said, you need to give me all your motherfucking money. He's like, what? She pulls out her gun, points it to him. She said, you need to give me all your money. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, it's not going down like that. Next thing you know, boom, she shoots him in the head. Ray, Raven is like, oh, no, like, tries to get his weapon together. She already emptying the clip on him. They run. She just wanted him to shut up. Right. What you mean, shut up? Just kill my dog right there for no reason. So then her and Amisha, they gather everything that they can and they leave. Tell me why they leave and drive in one of them niggas' cars. So leaves and goes to a bar. 
go to the bar. Next thing they know, they meet up with 29-year-old Lemetrius Twitty. Now, Lemetrius, he's had some brushes with the law, but not really. So, like, okay, he's from Ohio. And in 2000, he was at a post-Super Bowl party. And he watched two of his friends get stabbed to death at this party. And he said, and he was the witness, and he was testifying against Ray Lewis and two other men that were being charged for stabbing his best friends. The Ray Lewis? The Ray Lewis. And so he testifies against Ray Lewis about stabbing, about them stabbing his best friends. Everybody walks away. Ray Lewis is fine. Whoever he was with was fine. And Twitty, he lost all his friends. So he um he's talking to the girls. He live over there. Um girl, he's over there on Rocket. Oh, girl, I used to spend a lot of time down on Rocket Road. Shit ain't had I'm no business. Like it was something to it's, fucking do over there. Girl, and I lived like down I the street far from me. Brockett. <laughs> I lived down the street, girl. I used to love it. Anyways, he was over there off of Brockett. And as soon as it, they got in the house with him, give your money. This is a stick up. And he's, of course, like, oh, hell no. I'm not going to get robbed by two bitches. Like, hell no. And so he starts to run towards Amisha. Like, he finna, you know, try to take hold of the situation. But what he didn't know was that Felicia was the one that had the gun. And she shot him. She said, not my friend, not today. And did I mention that at some point in the middle of this... They gave the money that they made to Dino. Dino got robbed at some point. Got robbed, so, quote unquote. Right. According to the movie, he was owing niggas money for drugs. But he got robbed. So he apparently gets robbed and then tells Felicia and Amisha that they got to go back out and go find some more somebody else to trick on and to rob. So after this, after Lemetrius, the girls are feeling like they just did their big one, right? Like, they just got away with some real shit. They just made some real money, even though, you know, they had to give their real money to Dino. They made some real money. Like, they really did it. They did their big one for real, for real. And so nothing really happens. It's almost as if they got away with murder. A couple days pass, a little less than a week. And on the 24th, they go and they rob a Mrs. Winters. I don't know which one. So it had to... Which what Mrs. Winters on this side of town? The only Mrs. Winters that I know, and you know they've shut them most of them down. The only Mrs. Winters that I know a location for that has been around since I've been able to drive is the one off Glenwood. That makes sense if that's the one that's that was robbed. It does, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we can go with that for the purposes of our story. That is also, so I'm them. pretty sure that is the Mrs. Winters that they used on that episode of ATL that also got robbed. Either they got robbed or they were selling drugs to the window, one of them. But that's the only Mrs. Winters that I can think of. And I don't know when they started shutting down because there definitely used to be more. But that is the only one that I can locate mm. since I've been driving. Cool. Yeah, so they robbed the Mrs. Winters. But the very next day, they're at a diner. The girls are at a diner. And somebody at the diner is like, mm, they look really suspicious. Like, they moving weird. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it was like, 
I don't know. I see these black women that are probably just really provocatively, maybe that there's something going on or maybe they were moving very like they just killed somebody. Either way, the person at the restaurant calls the police on them. They're driving down 75 and they get pulled over. Girl, you know, they're driving one of the dudes that they murdered's car. So the police are already seeing the car, but she's like, oh, you know, this is a rental car. Don't you worry. And the police are like, no, this Chevy, this Chevy Lumia belongs to. No, this Chevy Lumia is missing in a case. Next thing you know, they start going through the car, open the car. We start falling out. Girl, you in DeKalb County in 2002. You got weed falling out the car got weed falling out the car they start checking the car they got there's cocaine they got some cocaine like quantities but then they also have some that are clearly being used for personal use they got um they start looking in the girl purse they look in felicia purse there's some cocaine in there ecstasy in there gun in there and they're like okay ladies okay there's a lot going on in here somebody needs to start talking but actually y'all just under arrest y'all just y'all just under arrest she goes in, it's time for her to talk to the police. According to the police, she was very cooperative. She um, was forthcoming with information. She didn't seem like she she was lying. She seemed like she was in a pretty decent state of mind when they talked to her. But here's the thing. Her talk with the police officers was recorded. However, they didn't press record until she had been talking to the police officers for over an hour. Now, granted, she talked to them for a very long time, but that first hour is undocumented. Why is that? She tells everything about what happened that they she lured, they lured these men talking with the promise of money and then decided to rob them and then they killed them and then they're saying why. And she's like, you know, I got... She's like, my man, Dino, like he's... the Her pimp is threatening her and she was like if it's not them then it's me she signs a statement about everything that happened in her own writing she says that she was not being forced in that statement and she didn't ask to speak to a lawyer that entire time while she was admitting to killing all three of those guys Now, also while she was arrested and she was getting ready to figure out what her next moves were going to be you know she was in county and she talks in her book, um, Life After Life. Well, no, no, no. Her Life After Life actually starts, picks up after she's sentenced. So never mind. But there is a book that is a collection of letters that Dino was writing Felicia while she was in prison. Y'all, these letters are, it's a lot. Like one of the first things that Felicia found out when she got to county, when she got to jail, was that she had HIV. Dino on the outside finds out that he has HIV. I mean, he talks about how he just got like boils all over his body and he was trying to go to like AIDS Atlanta, trying to figure out what was going on. She's trying to figure out what's going on with her body. You don't. And the letters he's talking about, you know, you're my sunshine and I'm just going to get a whole bunch of money. You know, when I get out of jail, because he, of course, he was in and out of jail, writing her from wherever he was locked up at or wherever he was staying. He's like, I was in New York hanging out with this girl, but don't nobody top you, baby. You're my sunshine. You my sunshine. Don't nobody top you. And everybody knows about you. Everybody that I know, everybody that I fuck with knows that you exist. I don't care. I don't care because you my main. Okay. So she gets to 
read these letters. Now, these letters, I promise, like if you can find them on your Kindle, some of them are kind of freak nasty. So you can read those on your own. They don't have any dates on them and they're in a random order. So I don't know the timeline, but he was definitely writing her while she was in jail and she was not willing to give him up in this trial. Felicia's lawyer, Mr. Diggs, he was like, listen, what we're not about to do is downplay the scale of the crimes you did. You killed three people in two days. He was like, we can shed some light. Let everybody know, listen, you had a horrible upbringing. You know, your dad, the heroin charges, your mom, your grandma, your mom, your grandma. You follow your mom to Atlanta at 16, then dropping out of school to go work in a strip club, which is a horrible environment for a teenager full of pimps and drug dealers. We got that, right? And all we can do is shed some light on this, try and get them to sympathize with you, okay? He's telling the jury and everybody, you know, I'm not sure if the idea of robbery was entirely either one of the girls' idea. They're victims, too. He was like, I realize that it's hard for the victim's family, but there are actors in this drama who are not on the rap sheet. And who he's referring to is Dino. Dino was never brought up on any charges for whatever reason. Mr. Diggs says that Felicia has detoxified since being in prison and has become very religious and says, quote, despite what she was doing, I'm struck about how naive she was. I'm not saying that she's mentally retarded, but she was not equipped for the life that she was in. Now, the DeKalb County Assistant District Attorney, Mr. Tom Clegg, is like, the defendant showed no remorse. And he described the killings as a classic execution. He told BBC News Online that this was almost like business proposition to these young women. And he said that he is 100% certain Felicia was the shooter. And like, was it like business? Kind of. But was it also like life and death? Probably. Like you can't. It's very hard to put yourself in somebody's situation because you never really know what you're going to do in real life. But for me personally, if I had to like do my best imagination and put myself in her shoes and a nigga is calling me, a nigga who has beat my ass, who has literally set me on fire, is calling me talking about don't walk out this house with this nigga alive or I'm going to shoot your ass. I'm inclined to believe him. And I just feel that I would have felt the need to shoot this man in order to spare my own life. Or else we just barricading ourselves in this house until things blow over. I don't know what to do. The ADA is like, both of these women, both of them knew, both of them knew both Claudel and Raymond. After killing these two gentlemen that they knew, they go to a club in the Buckhead area and allegedly pick up Mr. Twitty, who they then take back to his apartment on the promise of sex. And he says, it just boggles my mind that someone could kill two people, go to a nightclub, have a good time, pick up another poor guy and kill him without batting an eyelid. He said, you don't get more cold-blooded than that. He says, there was an offer on the table for Amisha to plead guilty. And in return, she would testify against Salisha and she would be possible... And she would be eligible to receive concurrent life sentences, which makes her eligible for parole in 14 years. Now, side note to Miss Amisha, some point in this pretrial or whatever, when the family was there speaking, there was some type of altercation in the courtroom. And she actually laughed at the victim's family. Like, I guess popping off at the mouth. Not a good move. 
Right. Not good at all. So Mr. Clegg is like, I'm aware that Felicia supposedly had a horrific upbringing, but if she were to plead guilty, they would consider offering her life without parole. And I'm just talking with these three victims' family, and they all have a role in the sentence, and there was no agreement. Some of them were happy to accept the life sentence without paroling her, but others were adamant that we seek the death penalty. And on January 17th of 2003, they actually did go and seek the death penalty against Felicia. During this time, because of the media, they were trying to compare Felicia to Eileen. Now, Eileen, she's this famous sex worker turned serial killer in Florida, a white woman. Um, And she murdered like six of her clients. And she was known to be like, and I will kill again. She hated men. She was also abused as a child, but like, the difference between the two, yes, they were both sex workers. Yes, they killed their clients, but there's still, and yes, they were both abused as children, but there are some very distinct differences. Eileen was very meticulous when she killed. She was, um, she knew who she was. She was very, um, she planned it. It was clearly planned versus, yes, I knew that I was going to rob them, but Felicia was being influenced by an outside source, right? The thing was, this case for Eileen was going on around this time and nobody knew what was going to happen to her. A big difference is the way that they viewed men. Like Felicia really viewed men as the opportunity to get what I needed versus Eileen, the white woman, saw men as evil and needed to be executed. So there were clear differences between the two, even though the media tried to make them similar. Everybody's watching this case because Eileen's getting put up for sentencing and they don't know what's going to happen. They say that she's going to be executed. And that's really scary because if she's actually executed, what's going to happen to Felicia just upstairs in Georgia? It gets really scary because they decide that Eileen is going to be executed and in 2002 was executed by a lethal injection. So this really starts to scare Felicia because they're already comparing us. Media, trial by media is really, really dangerous. And here she is for the same crime or for very similar crime. This scares her. And Felicia, she's like, I'm 20. I I don't want to die. Maybe this is what I need. Maybe God's not done with me and my work has to be just be done in prison. And so she sits down and she confesses to the crimes and she decides that she's going to plead guilty to the murder of Claudel Christmas, Raymond Goodwin, and Lemetrius Twitty. Because she pled guilty, another part of that plea deal was that she was going to testify against Armisha because Armisha was going to trial. Prosecutors are thinking, okay, well, if she's going to plead guilty, then maybe, just maybe, she'll decide that she wants to also testify against Dino and that we can get Dino on these murder charges for, you know, being the mastermind behind all this and pimping out these girls. Spoiler alert, she never turns on Dino and he doesn't get charged for these murders. So Superior Court Judge Clarence Siegler sentenced Felicia to three consecutive life sentences with no chance of parole on January 17th of 2004. At the sentencing, she, of course, confessed to all of the murders, and she gave a statement saying, I am so sorry. I can only pray at some point in your life you will forgive me and get over this awful misfortune that I have caused you. Which I don't think you get over death. I mean, I I get the sentiment, but it's not happening. 
Amisha was also sentenced to life in prison, but was granted the possibility of parole for testifying against Felicia in court. In exchange, she just got one life sentence and she is eligible for parole in 2024. Wow, that's next year. Yep. That's crazy, right? (sighs) That is crazy. Imagine getting out of prison and then riding around and seeing the Mrs. Warner, the Mrs. Winners that you robbed that made you get caught up for all these other murder charges. I read an article that said, although Amisha may have found it funny at first during her sentencing, she was very (laughs) remorseful and apologetic to the family, which is too little too late. Like, a laugh should have never came out your mouth about killing somebody's family. Now, Dino was not charged again for any of the crimes. I don't know if the women felt some type of loyalty to him or whatever. But I I did see in an interview that both Felicia and Amisha felt like charges should have been brought against him. So don't know what that's about. Where are we now, Mariah? Felicia, you can really look her up, Google her and see what she's doing right now. She wrote a book, Life After Life, which, I mean, I think you guys should pick up because it is it talks about basically after what life has been like for her in prison, in jail, in prison, since she heard the words life without the possibility of parole. Um, There is also a book called The Treacherous Hustle, which was written in, it seemed like it was written in collaboration with Felicia, even though she wasn't the main author on this one, but she does have another book coming out, Life After Life Part 2. She also is using all the proceeds for those to help fund a film because, of course, she acknowledges that the film, which, like we said, is really great. It's on... um, it's on Tubi, y'all, so it's free. Y'all can go watch it. When Love Kills with Lil Mama and all of them, like, she says that some of it was real, but, you know, some of it is a little Hollywood, and so she wants to save up some money so that she can tell her own story. And she said in once in a July of 2021 post, she said, Good evening. Some may like this, some may not, but my truth is my truth, and I know it will help a mother recognize the signs of a child splitting into what I've had to endure and will help turn some women's lives around because they were able to turn back. It's a treacherous world out there in the trenches, a world some people only read about, but to live it is a different kind of monster. She still says that to this day that she regrets her actions She accepts her consequences. She knows that she can't change her past. She knows that she can't change her sentence. Um, But now she wants to use her life as a resource for others. They said that, you know, she really got connected with God while she was in church. And she just uses her story and her life now because when you have life without the possibility of parole, like I can only think about how depressing that is. Like, you know that you're not getting out forever. And... That, I know, like, me and my mentee age, like, that would make me fold and go right through the self-checkout. Like, but to instead use that to say that my life still has a purpose and I'm going to use that to help other people so that somebody may be in prison for 10 years, but I got life. So let me help you figure out how you can get your stuff together so that you don't come back here. She has also taken up social media advocacy when she was in prison. So she participated in the hashtag in mass incarceration campaign. She said, quote, prisoners are without heat and lights and weather that is unbearable. Where's the justice? 
who are the criminals in this? I think that was 2019 that she wrote that. So I know we're all wondering what the fuck happened to Big Dino. Okay, so in 2017, it was reported that Mr. Michael Berry, a.k.a. Big Dino, is currently serving time at the Georgia State Prison for charges of possession. He was never prosecuted for the Atlanta murders. And in February of 2004, the police even arrested him in an undercover drug in an undercover drug sting, he was able to post his $1,500 bond and failed to appear at a subsequent court hearing. A year later, was arrested in DeKalb County, and, of course, it was for the drugs. Always the drugs. Never the, the tricking, never the murders, never the robberies, just the drugs. He posted bond again and was transferred to Fulton County. He is 53 at this time. He got old. And according to sources, Felicia admitted that she tried to protect him while he was in and out of prison since the two met. In a book, in her book, she talks about the letters that he wrote that happened around 2006. Some girl on the internet was really intrigued by this Felicia Blakely story, and she reached out to all parties involved, okay? And so she was talking to Mr. Dino. She was like, at first he was very short with me. He was like, I ain't seen the movie. I didn't know about the movie. But, quote, there's always many variations of a story. Whatever she, she being Felicia, wants to gain from her ver version, I hope it works out for her. Hopefully one day I'll have time to write a book and I'll keep it real and include all the girls. So she was like, well, do you still love Felicia? He said, I always will have love for Felicia. Hope she'll be free soon. Nigga, she in there for life. What are you talking about? Then she was like, I feel like he's holding back. So I tried to lure him in. And she was like, I told him most of the world sees you as a monster, you know? Most of the world sees you as a villain. But I want to know more about your story. And she says that's when he begins to open up, okay? He says, I have 10 children's mothers, 14 children, and four grandchildren. He said, I hope the best for Felicia. And I appreciate Mrs. Evan for sticking to the street code. So I guess that's why she didn't say nothing, right? Quote, our past made us build the character and turns us into the people God created us to be. A lot of people in here and out there know me as a vicious person. So when they can see the change and what I'm trying to accomplish, they listen. I'm still learning to be patient and humble as well as not violent in certain situations. But life is a learning process and I still have some beautiful people by my side. God has a purpose for me just to be patient and see what it is. Proverbs 19.21 and 14.12. Right now, I have a few people reading Purpose Driven by Rick Warren, as well as Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer with me. And they have both been a great help. Not you got you some self-help books. Mariah is not on the mic right now, but she loves Joyce Meyer's. She said, I asked him if he wanted me to send him a picture of the cover of When Love Kills because she thought that he would be interested in who they casted to play him in the movie. But instead, his response was, if you could send me anything like some pics of good food and desserts, that's what a nigga miss most. Let me see your Thanksgiving table. Now, he uh, still has not been charged. I don't think he ever will be for those kinds, but has definitely done his time for the rest of them and are really just drugs. Um, but he will be released before Amisha is. And he also hopes that he will get the reality TV show that he wants. That's all there is. But y'all stay tuned. Because Michael Berry wants to make a name for himself, too. He said, I got a story to tell, too. That nigga said, I'm trying not to be violent in situations, but life's a learning curve. <laughs> uh, Felicia's son, in recent reports, 
They say that he is a talented athlete with a bright future for a scholarship to college. And although he was although he was very young at the time of these crimes, he says that he understands his mother's story. And Felicia felt it was essential for him to understand why his mother was in prison. This is part of the reason why she documented her story, you know, and is trying to make a movie. In August of 2021, she shared a throwback picture of her and her son, who she affectionately refers to as man. Man was only two years old when Felicia was incarcerated and kind of repeated the pattern he grew up with his grandmother. On her Instagram in May of 2019, she wrote that her mother more than made up for her absence in her childhood by raising man into a responsible young man. She said, I'm so proud, and even mom got a second chance to raise a child, and she's done an awesome job with what she had. Reports claim that man is a talented soccer player, um, and that is making his way to college. She says, even though the odds are stacked against my one and only child, he made it. For Mother's Day in 2020, um, she made another post saying, Happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful mothers. I'm a proud mother to have a son in college that's excelling in life and doing better than I ever could, despite the odds against you. So overall, she's very, 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 very proud of Mr. Man. So as far as Amisha and where she ended up, Amisha is actually in Arendelle prison as well, which it was really interesting that they're in the same prison. And that's what we could find the likeliness that they've probably been moving around and shifted around is very high. However, my girl is also on jailbabes.com. You know, I feel like if I was in prison, I would be on jailbabes. Like, Absolutely. I'm going to need me a man. On jail babes. Looking for I, You know, take care of me. Love on me. I'm in here with all these bitches and I need somebody to take care of me from the outside. So on her profile for jailbabes, she it says, quote, <clears throat> if you're looking for an adventurous, spontaneous, and educated woman, look no further because here I am. My name is Amisha. I'm a fun size five foot tall. My current weight is 125 pounds. She is As tiny. See- yeah, she is. As you can see, I have brown eyes and black shorter length hair. I'm 35 years old and I enjoy reading, educational literature, helping the youth through mentorship and meeting new people. I'm currently enrolled in Life University for positive human development and social change. I've completed an I've completed an extensive course in theological studies. Aside from education, I'm a fun-loving individual who favors outdoor activities over indoor activities. I'm an outdoor kind of girl. Archery, fishing, and canoeing are my favorite things to do outside. I'm also a natural entertainer. I can do several types of dance. I've performed modern, jazz, ballet, tap, African, and exotic dance. I'm looking for someone who who will keep my spirits lifted with true friendship. So if you are full of life, love, and happiness, then I'm in need of you. Join me on this exploration of this thing we call life. It says on this thing, earliest relief state, lifer. <laughs> we in here. Um, now, Amisha did a interview with Nappy Thoughts, just like, especially once the movie was started to come out, and they asked her how she felt about Felicia and if they were so close and she was like listen what a lot of people don't understand is that me and Felicia only knew each other for like a month before we started hitting licks like we knew each other we met each other we started hitting licks everything moved really fast and now we're 
both in prison. Like, we have this thing in common that we did this horrible crime and now we are committed. Now we are dealing with the consequences of our crime. But I don't really know her like that. And we don't really speak. And this is really the only thing that we have in common. They asked her about the film and if she felt like she was portrayed correctly. And she was, at that time, she hadn't seen the film. And she was just like, you know, I do believe in the power of storytelling, but I also, you know... I'm not direct quoting here, you guys, but she also was kind of like, you know, I know how Hollywood is and they'll tell the story differently. But I do think that I think she was just thinking overall, like the story needs to be told. Is it 100 percent actual factual? No, because they're going to Hollywood it up a bit. And they also asked her what she thought about Mike Dino. And they were like, what do you think about Mike? You think that Mike should um, be arrested? She said, that she does think that Mike should be charged, but Mike ain't trying to hear that because he's trying to have his reality TV show, okay? Big okay. Mike. One of the things that they asked her was, did they was she aware of Mike being abusive to Felicia? She was like, listen, I know nothing about that. Like I said, I only knew her for a month. I only knew them for a month. I just met them. The whole abuse thing, I didn't really know about it until I saw it in an article in the Creative Loafing. Like, I don't know these people. I just got caught up in their shit. So Armisha says that she is wanting to leave that past behind her and just hopes that everything will work out in her favor. Yeah. And Imagine getting the caught story. up in some stranger shit. Like, it's one thing you know? to get caught up in some shit with your homegirl or your friend, but to be like, I knew this girl a month and we decided we was going to do some rowdy shit and now I'm here. No. No. Yeah, that's crazy because I do a lot of crazy shit behind my friends. I would, but I'm not doing to do a whole bunch of crazy shit behind somebody that I know for a month. Even if, I mean, it's that money mentality. Even if the money is good and people are like, oh, this money is good and it's coming fast and we just hitting these licks and they fun and da 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 And the adrenaline rush, that's usually that adrenaline rush is not saying keep going. It's right. saying, ooh, that we almost died. Saying, Phew, that shit was a lot. And I don't know if I could take much more. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, y'all, it's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. Starting from the beginning, like, first things first. I pop your, up freaks all your, the honeys. You're not uncle, but your auntie's baby daddy. You should have at that point told somebody that that was happening. And then it sucks because in her mind, she was like, yeah, that shit good. And it's like, no, that's rape. Yeah. And you don't even understand that nobody was there to protect you in that moment. But somebody should have been there to protect you in that moment. Right. Right. I ain't do it, but if I did, that whole family sound like they need therapy for real, for real. I ain't do it, but if I did, I'm probably not dropping out of school. Because, like, did she even follow through on her GED? We have to be realistic about our limits. And I feel like everybody has had that moment where they've been in college and it was like, I'm going to do these classes online. Or even better yet, really knowing yourself, I'm going to do these morning classes. Knowing your ass ain't getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning, hit them classes unless you really have to. You have to know yourself. And it's a lot for a 16-year-old to know yourself and know you're not as disciplined as you think you are. Mm-hmm. Stay in school. Stay in school, kids. I didn't do it, but if I did... I would have not been getting tied up with a dude that you know that the money is coming in because you know at least what you're making and you also counting the hoes money. 
but it always seems like y'all ain't got none. Something off. How I'm bringing in 300 a night and that's too little, yet we stay broke. Because when I was in college and I was just waiting tables, I was like, if I go home with $100 a night, I am having a good night. And you know I what I mean? Think, Man, sh- you know? And but I now get it that, like, dancing. I get dancing. You're supposed to bring home more and still, but come on now. 300 would be enough for just me. If I if 500 is where we need to be at together, then 300 by myself, I'm doing quite well. Okay? So maybe you're the problem and I need to cut you out. You a man, and I'm already making more than half. You know what I mean? Pay up. I don't want no more gifts. I want cash money. I ain't do it, but if I did... It's so hard when you're wrapped up into somebody because, honestly, all them threatens, if you don't kill, if you don't kill them, I'm going to kill you. Well, maybe I should kill you back. You know, maybe I should kill you first instead of killing these people that I know for nothing or killing these people that I don't know for nothing. Why did it have to come up to Robin and shooting somebody? I mean, because even robbing somebody is different from having to shoot them every time because you robbing people that you know. So you got to shoot them. Because they know where to find you. Right. They know who to point the cops to. They know all of that. So why don't you... you And on top of that, you robbed him. You had that one effort. That nigga been throwing money at your ass, girl. Let him keep paying. You done cut off your sores. No, Dino done cut off the sores because he feel disrespected or some shit. I don't know. Some bullshit. I ain't do it, but if I did... They were talking about in the book. I think I wouldn't have been having sex with Dino. They were talking about in the book. Well, no, in Dino's confessions, he was just like, you know, you was always different. And, you know, we was having sex and um, everything was going on. Dino was having sex with everybody. And so were you. Now, not only are you behind bars, but now you have a virus that you can't get rid of. And it sucks. Get yourself tested, everybody. But now you have something you can't get rid of. When you were having tricks, you weren't being safe about it. And Dino either didn't care or didn't allow y'all or whatever. Because honestly, a pimp's supposed to make sure y'all taken care of. He's supposed to make sure he's supposed to supply the condoms. And he's supposed to supply the the the, the protection. You the protection. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have been a better chain. Y'all gonna see the picture of that chain. It's oh, I ugly. demand more. I demand more. I ain't do it, but if I did. Y'all have to watch the signs early. I understand, like, when these things get caught up, it's too late. There's usually some early signs that you with a nigga who you shouldn't be with. For example, if a nigga shush you, mm, mm, red flag, red flag. Um, If a nigga asks you for your money and then guilt trips you for not giving it to him, red flag, red flag. If that nigga is constantly saying, let me hold the money, and he's breaking you off an allowance of your check, mm-hmm. and we just have to watch the signs early. There's certain things that we are not going to tolerate anymore, ladies. Even gentlemen, people of all gender identities, we're not going to take it anymore, okay? We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. We're not going to take horrible relationships. We're not doing it. Everybody's going to feel respected. We're all going to be able to voice our opinion. And if we can't get on the same page, then we just can't be together. That does not mean kill them. That does not mean if I can't have you, nobody else can. 
that means that Ugh. we are not going to be together. <laughs> and it's hard, you guys. It's not easy. It's not. Doing the right thing. Sometimes you do want to want to be a murderess. Can't. <laughs> or sometimes you do want to make it work when it's not going to work. But, like, don't put yourself in no situation that's going to have you in a worse situation. We're not going to take it. To be loved. I ain't do it, but if I did... I don't know. I feel like she should have gone to trial. I think she may have had at least the possibility of parole if she would have gone to trial. I think there should have been a stronger case. I ain't do it, but if I did and we went to trial, I'm going to need stronger evidence towards Dino. Where's the phone records that show that he was harassing me while we were outside these people's house? But or if while she we would have pled not house? guilty, we would have had the time to go and do all that digging. Like, that's what I'm saying. Unless, and if also, she that, was she well, on a burner phone? If she was on a burner phone, then what do we have? Mm-hmm. Did she confess too soon? Was she should have right called a lawyer. She just started talking. She called a fucking lawyer. Because that lawyer would have said, pin the whole thing on fucking Dino. We worried about you. And Dino, I here worried about goddamn street grid. Thank you for respecting the code. I ain't do it, but if I did... If we just so happen to be in this toxic relationship, non-relationship, pimp relationship, whatever you want to call it, with said nigga, I for damn sure am not going to get somebody else involved in my shit. You're not in a situation that you are proud of. You might be in the situation that you're in, and you might be in a situation that you make excuses for and convince yourself it is okay, but this is not something that you are proud of and would sign somebody up for that you cared about. Mm-hmm. And if you want to take it, then you take it. Bringing somebody else into your shit, because... Hearing it first off, I would have thought Amisha was at least one of Dino's girls or knew him. She ain't got shit to do with Dino. She don't know Dino. She just heard no, about she the... just one of the girls from the club that she was like, oh, I know she about her money. She going to be able... She's an easy recruit. You know what I mean? And it was just like, mm-mm. Don't set, no somebody, don't set somebody up for the same hell that you living in. We don't need to spread... The misfortune, okay? We spread good. And don't tell me we about to make crazy money because he about to take crazy money. Fuck that shit. All right. We are going to read some reviews. You can leave us a review on, I don't know, wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening, go and see if you can write us a review. And then open up Facebook, go to our public Facebook page and write us a review there as well. All right. This review says, the best. I absolutely love your podcast. Y'all are the best storytellers and the most entertaining. I just finished listening to the Deidre Lane podcast. Coming out of prison is hard and nobody wants to give you a break. Nobody with housing, with jobs, with any kind of assistance. It was odd hearing that they worked with children with their crime, but I love... But I would love to have an employer that would go to war for me like that and keep me on staff so that I can be something other than my past. So many more people should have those opportunities. People like that are the reason that people, people like that are the reason that people that have committed crimes in their past turn their lives around. They needed somebody to step in and be their voice. Thanks for being you. And thanks for being you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think the, I, I think people think that we like, we're, this podcast is for entertainment. It's fun and games, but 
there's some realness in here. There's mm-hmm. intention. And even, one of the intention, even through the BS. <laughs> right. And one of the intention is definitely to humanize these murderesses. Now, some are flat out wrong, but some of them made a mistake and, like, I say all the time, are you just going to be your biggest mistake or do you have a chance to do something good in this world? Um, This comes from our Facebook page. Riley says, I've been waiting a while to write this review because I really needed to get a feel for the show. I've been listening for a couple of months now and then, and they don't miss. Can we talk about the theme song? When I listened for the first time and heard that masterpiece, I knew it was going to be one of my favorite podcasts. The storytelling is excellent and intriguing, and I love their voices. You got to have a good voice. Now that I'm all caught up, I'm at a loss. I gasped when Mara said, anything else you have to say, friend? And Taz said, nope. I knew I was in deep because I was so used to Taz saying, talk to us, we talk back, LMFAO. <laughs> I love this show, and I love the warm, friendly feeling that you give. Y'all are doing great. When you mess up the ending line, Tazzy? I, it was a few months ago, and there was a bit of an uproar about it, and I apologize. <laughs> I apologize publicly. Please forgive me. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Do you know that the person that did our theme song, shout out to Bo King. I mean, amazing musician, but also like one of my friends. So you know how it is when you're working with your friends. He said he was going to give us that theme song. And then for the first couple episodes, we don't have it because we didn't have it. And then finally, I like was like, hey, motherfucker, you said that you were going to do this for me. So make me a fucking theme song. And he was like, oh, oh, okay. And then, you know, he made that theme song in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and um, you guys have been hooked on it ever since. So, I mean, go off. Mm-hmm. You do what you, you want when you pop it. Yeah, you can hire him to do theme songs for your podcast, too. I'll give you his info. All right. So if you guys want to keep up with us, you can. You can email us about ad space or just to say hi, case suggestions at sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at sisterswhokill, on Instagram, sisterswhokillpod, TikTok, sisterswhokillpodcast. And can they join the discussion group? Because I just paused the group, and I don't really know if I'm going to unpause it. Talk to us, we talk back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Cut the music, cut the music. I got something to say. Oh, okay. okay. Y'all need to cut it out. Y'all have got to cut it out. This discussion group, listen, let me tell you something. If you don't want drama, don't bring drama, okay? Yes, the rural state, what happens in the discussion group stays in the discussion group. Let me clarify that this rule was made because we were having a talk about one of the murderesses and y'all decided that y'all was going to get out and share her information and dog her after her case had been over and she'd been released or whatever and was trying to move on with her life. If y'all want to say things about them and give your opinions, do so in the discussion group. We're not interrupting people's daily lives. This also means I'm not responsible for any mess that you stir up in your daily life, okay? Amen. Cut it out. Mm-hmm. That's not on me. That's not on me. If you if if you don't start none, it won't be none. We're not doing it, okay? We're not. The discussion group is finally giving us a green flag. We have got things where they need to be. And we're I'm not, not letting y'all take us discussion out. Group we're right not going to lose it Come over on. you. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. I don't care who you are. We will drop the one for the mini, okay? Couldn't yeah. say it better myself. Good yeah, job, have a friend. good day. Goodbye. <laughs>